Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kansas City, what's good? Chiefs Kingdom, what's happening? We got Players Only back for week five. Players Only, only players. Joe Mays, normally here. Myself, Dane and Hughes. Former NFL players just chopping it up in the studio, and Joe is gone. He left me. He dissed me. Just like a defensive player, I expected it. I expected it, and it's come true, unfortunately. But we got some magic in the studio. We got more magic in the studio, Julio. We got two offensive guys, only two offensive guys, lock the doors, batting down the hatches. Offense is in the house. Probably going to be our best show of the season. And for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, this is Players Only. I am Danon Hughes, former Kansas City Chief wide receiver, and uh, played six years here in Kansas City. And we have a show that we just chop it up about football. It's only football players in here, former football players, just talking about the game, what's going on now, what's going, what happened in, during our time, and some things that happen on and off the field that we can just converse about. And I am especially pleased to have another offensive guy in studio with me, Mr. Ray Peck, Panther, Mizzou Tiger, John Mackey Award winner, All-American tight end, eight-year NFL vet, Chase Kaufman. Chase, what's going on, man? How's it going, Dane? I appreciate you having me on. Good Glad to have to you, here. man. Uh, you know, I always say the greatest thing about Mizzou is their colors because <laughs> they got the Hawkeye colors, man. But now I know I know a star, man. I mean, you, you talk about a hometown hero that becomes a home state hero and then fulfills his dream in the NFL, man. It's great to have you, man. It was, I, I was uh, very fortunate to be able to watch you grow up in some respect and hearing about you while I live in Lee Summit and then seeing you progress and in the way you did, man, it was an awesome, awesome ride to, to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, those are some kind words and it, it's been such a blessing just to have the opportunity. I know, uh, I say this a lot with a few of my buddies that, you know, you, you, you make those decisions of where you're going to go to school. Um, sometimes if you get an opportunity in free agency, where you're going to go and, and then the people that you sur- get surrounded with, yep. Uh, it's something that you don't always get to choose. And it was a blessing for me to have a, a lot of those good people growing up. And you are now give me a little bit of background. Obviously you were great in high school as an athlete, multi-sport guy. And what other schools came knocking on your door? What other opportunities did you have? Uh, so I know you're asking that because Iowa was one of them. Oh, you mean tight end university? <laughs> Iowa, the University of Iowa, tight end you? Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I did not know that. So they had a guy there. You might have known him, Dallas Clark. Yes, uh, a big fan of him growing up. So I, 
It, it came down to four schools, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas State, where both of my parents attended. Mm-hmm. Um, and my younger brother, Carson, ended up going there. And then, of course, Mizzou. Um, and then whittled that down to K-State and Mizzou and ultimately picked the hometown team. Um, uh, again, awesome blessing and yeah. couldn't have worked out better for me. Well, obviously we have a lot more in common because those final two schools, I've gotten to know Gary Pinkle very well over mm-hmm. the last few years and, and participating in the, in the HK event down at the lake, and he's a big proponent and supporter of, of great causes around the state. But mm-hmm. Coach Snyder. At yeah. K-State, obviously uh, recruiting you, but he was my offensive coordinator at Iowa when oh. I was there. I, learned, I always say I learned more from Coach Schneider in one year than I learned the rest of my entire athletic career about the game of football, attention to detail, preparing for games, game plans, why you do things on the field, how to be efficient. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he's a great, great mentor, a great football mind, and I know a lot of people around this Chiefs kingdom know. Oh, heck yeah. Um, like you said, Coach Snyder, he's a, obviously a great coach. Coach Pinkle, great coach. Yep. And I think we can all, as as athletes, whether you made it to the professional level or not, you usually have one of at least one of those in your life that you can point back to and say, man, this guy taught me a lot about not just my, my sport, but mm-hmm. life in general, growing up to be a, a, a solid human being, a yeah. solid man, a solid woman. And that's what it's about is that you, you use the game, whether it's baseball or football, and I've coached and, and you have kids that are you know, going to grow mm-hmm. into sports. Uh, you use the game to teach life lessons and to yeah. help young men grow into better older men or better husbands or better men in the community. So uh, that's what the big picture is about. Now, you were in a situation that's very unique to many people where you just talked about your dad being at K-State. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a yeah. great football player and so growing up in a family not just with other athletes like your brothers but with a dad that had been down the road that you wanted to go down eventually what what's that dynamic Uh, I mean as a kid you don't know any different right I mean everybody asked me that question and he was just my dad and and since you know he loved enjoyed football loved football and wanted to teach me the things that we just talked about that good coaches teach same position, right? Same position. Yep. Ended up being a tight end as well. He actually started me off at fullback. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if there's league. any six foot six no, fullbacks. No, no. But, uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, heck, I love the game and whatever position he was going to put me at, that's what I was going to do. Uh, I mean, just sticking my nose in there and trying to hit people and rough it up. There you go. And from, from the dynamic of father's son, you know, I read an article this week where uh, a dad is coaching his son, and from the time they get in the car through practice, he's coach. Doesn't call him dad, calls him coach, and then when they get back from home from practice, then he's dad again. Was there a, a, a unique dynamic uh, with you and your dad as he was coaching you? Was he? Uh, did you feel like he was more pressure on you than other kids, or, or did he, did he kind of keep it kind of even keeled? Um, I, I I wouldn't say there was a dynamic like that that you mm-hmm. mentioned. But there was pressure. There was the pressure of more more for me on myself. He would always say, hey, look, you, what, what do you want to do? Yeah. Do you want to play football? Do you want to be Do you want to be one of the best on the team? Okay, well, I know from experience that to do this is what it takes yeah. to get there. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard than everybody else on the team. Yep. And then he would say, do you want me to 
to hold you to that standard. There you go. <laughs> so a rhetorical question because you yeah, can't say no, Dad. I yeah, don't want you to. Yeah. So <laughs> so of course it was yeah you know yeah yes Dad I, I'm that's what that's what I want I want to be great yeah and uh you know doing doing those little things day in and day out and having him say you know hey. <laughs> get out let's get out here let's yeah, go let's, let's go, go to work. work out let's go run let's go uh catch some passes and and a lot of the time it was turning into a game my brother carson is 16 months younger than me mm-hmm. the grade below me quarterback quarterback and yep. being a quarterback at k-state and uh we got to play in high school together little league together which was a blast but he was always there pushing me too oh yeah because of course the, yeah, the big the brother, brother you can't yeah. you can't let the little brother win <laughs> not not in anything not no. in working out not in uh <laughs> Jump rope reps, push-ups, <laughs> sit-ups, whatever I it. it is. Yeah, I, I mean, your dad is probably the one of the more energetic men that I've known. I mean, he's always seems to be up. He always seems mm-hmm. to be engaging. I'd love to be like him when I get older. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not putting him on blast about his age. But he's just an energetic guy, always a fun-loving guy, always like chatting with him. And you talk about the dynamic of having that father-son relationship and my son, you know, I coach my kids, uh, my son in baseball and basketball. I never got onto the football thing just because I always felt like it was a different mindset. You know, I had a different mindset about football that I don't know that would have translated very well to younger sure. kids coaching. Um, but baseball was my thing. And there were often times where I had to go to my assistant coach and say, hey, can you go tell Torin this? Because I was dad. Yeah. And I'm the, the same time. guy that's telling you to clean your room. Mm-hmm. and do your chores, and now I'm telling you to do something in a sport that you love or mm-hmm. you're supposed to be getting away. So it's always being hammered from Danon Hughes' dad, 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 dad. Yeah. So I'd have to have somebody else go and say, hey, can you, you know, go tell Torin this, you know, make it seem like it's from you. And he'd react better from yeah. those guys because mm-hmm. it wasn't dad or mm-hmm. Danon Hughes, former chief, telling me something where the pressure could mount. Yes. Um, how did how did you feel like you handled the pressure when you were growing up? Did you did you have pressure, like you said you did, but mm-hmm. did you handle it in, in a good way? And how about your brothers? Uh, I would I would say is so, I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. My younger brother Carson that I mentioned, sister Camille, and youngest, great volleyball player. Yes, Camille, youngest yes. brother Cameron. My sister Camille played volleyball at Wyoming University after high school, mm-hmm. and then my youngest brother Cameron ended up going to Arizona Western. He was mm-hmm. a quarterback as well. Indiana, right? And then to Indiana. And then to Wyoming for his last two okay, years. Yep. So I th- I think that my dad did a great job. My mom and dad did a great job of raising us, of teaching us hard work, integrity, character, all those all those underlying values that you want a good coach to teach teach the kids. And Was it easier on any of the younger kids than you? Do you? Feel? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's how yes. it always is. Yeah. Uh, but. But again, kind of going back to the, do you, do you, what do you want? Yeah. You know, if, if you want this and I'm going to, I'm going to try to help you be the best at it. And I think that we all kind of stepped up to that challenge and because of their experiences and their, you know, values, that's something that, and, and obviously some, you know, God given just ability and, yeah, the and genes. height and yep. genes, like you said, yeah, uh, we were able to, to go to a level that you know, is a huge blessing. Not many people get to do that. So I think my dad did a good job of kind of setting that standard of making us decide what we wanted. Yep. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, no. and I think some people on the outside may look at it as you're pressuring your son or you're mm-hmm. pressuring your kids to be like you. Most 
athletes that I know could care less if their kids were like them athletically. I mean, they just want them to enjoy the game. They want them to enjoy life. And just like any parent, you want your kids to be better. You know, I, I joke, my son played college basketball. He played Division II college basketball. He wore number four. My number was always number three. I posted that he just wanted to be one better than me. And that's cool. <laughs> and that's real cool. Um, but, you know, I think about the dynamic, especially when it's very unique, where you have a pro dad who's he's on the ring of fame at in Green Bay, isn't mm-hmm. he? A, 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 a superstar player, an athlete, uh, as a professional. And then the sons that come along behind them and the dynamic between the two and the pressures that you just wouldn't, most people would never, ever understand and would never know the dynamic of. Yeah. Um, one, one story about that that I got uh, pretty good for you. So we, we grew up on some acreage in Peculiar. And my dad, we'd, our little league team, he'd always have a practice in our backyard, mm-hmm. mow out the, 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 field. the field and the grass and set the cones out and every 10, 10 yards and right. uh there's multiple times my dad didn't let me play till sixth grade but multiple times that he sent me inside because i'd be getting mad and too whatever yeah attitude yeah yeah this hey look just going you, yeah you can't you can't do that was that was the dad dad part uh-huh. not the coach <laughs> go inside you're done for the day <laughs> there you go and and you said um one part you just said about the um being on the field and and having an attitude and him having to kind of mm-hmm. change and flip from coach to dad, you know, yeah. obviously at that time you're small, you probably don't react the right way. But looking back now, especially as you as a dad of three children, three, yes. um, do you see the dynamic? Does the light come on now and you see, okay, I get it now. Like, when did it come like to a point where you're like, I get it. You know, I, I oh, understand yeah. it. Uh, now. I th- Luckily it was pretty quick for me at that point. I'm, that was something that me and my my dad prayed prayed about a lot is just yeah. uh, controlling my own actions, uh-huh. right? controlling my attitude, controlling my thoughts, and and because because he did that at a young age, I think it paid dividends quickly uh, on down the road and not having that attitude. And I'm sure guys at Mizzou, guys at any team that I was with, would probably be like, "No, you didn't. Like you're too nice to get th- <laughs> <laughs> thrown in the house at that age." <laughs> Well, you know, you got a lot of great things. You had a lot of great things go on in your life, in your career, on the field, uh, off the field. You're married, have three kids, a newborn. Congratulations. Yes, yes thank you. Uh, and uh, you are a person that's made the transition from mm-hmm. being an eight-year NFL veteran into the real life. And so what you got going on now, yeah. you are a relationship Relationship manager for a financial advising company, wealth management company, right down here on the plaza, BMG Advisors. BMG Advisors. So, yeah, learning learning the ropes of the business world, like you said, real yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, and and you thought when you left college and maybe even in the pros, you thought that you would not have to take a test again, and you got what one more test one to get more certified. Test. One of one of four left. I Ugh. already passed three. I got one more left to go. The series sixty six, and it's a it's a lot of studying, but it's something that is meaningful to me something that uh, i unfortunately got kind of burned on in my career and that a lot of people need yeah right money's one of the most important things that one of the one of the coaches that i had in the nfl they said money's not everything but it's right up there with oxygen there you go and chase so, uh, kaufman at bmg and <laughs> you know i know once you pass those tests you're going to be uh giving great service to a lot of people that will 
endear you for life. That's the one great thing about a financial <laughs> advisor. You have them for life. They Thank take you, care yes. of you and your family and, and put you at the highest regard. So, well, first quarter's over. We had the kickoff. Joe Mays went down with an injury mm. on the kickoff, so he's no longer here. But we're going to transition into the second quarter after this and talk about this Chiefs-Colts. Go back to that recap just for a little bit because my stomach is still hurting. And then we're going to talk about how Chase sees the game and what how he views the game and the lens he watches this Chiefs team. This is Players Only. Second quarter's here. We flip the field. Got Chase Kaufman, BMG Advisors, former NFL player, Ray Peck Panther, Mizzou Tiger, all the Mizzou lovers out there have to remember Chase Kaufman and that incredible, incredible season or multiple seasons he had. And Chase, you ended your career in great fashion, winning the John Mackey Award as the best tight end in college football. And you go to a bowl game. <laughs> yeah. And you play through the bowl game in great fashion. And the game goes to overtime. Everybody loves overtime. Mm-hmm. They've been begging for it. Do you know who played in the last college tie in college history? Bowl game? I don't know. Dane and Hughes played in it. Dang. We played BYU in 1991 in the Holiday Bowl. And the game ended at 10-10. Mm. And ever since they instituted overtime, so there's been never been a game that it will end in in a, in a tie again. I so know that about you, Dana. There you go, man. <laughs> Big time, Chase. You, you know. I, yeah, I, I just keep hearing <laughs> hearing more and more the tale, the legend, <laughs> legend of Dana Hughes. I just keep sending you texts about different stuff like I, I created. All, most of them are lies, but hey, <laughs> it's all right. I'll tell my grandkids those stories; they'll believe me. So uh, I, I get to that because obviously recapping your season and your career and, you know, your season in life, I should say, and you come to that end of that game, mm-hmm. and what happens? Break my foot. Who are you guys playing? Yeah, we were playing Northwestern. Right? Northwestern. Up, up and coming at that point. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, yeah. Yeah, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald. I think, it, I think it was one of his first, first seasons there. Mm-hmm. And they gave us a tough game in the Alamo Bowl, took us to overtime, like you said. And Big 10. Yep, Shout out yep, to Big yep. Ten, Big One G. <laughs> and I I was kind of coming off a turf toe injury, mm-hmm. running on the outside of my foot, uh, made it through a few games. And that very very last very last offensive play of the bowl game, Jeremy Macklin scores on a slant on the other side. I ran a little out and up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I planned to go up, feel a little little pop in my foot and didn't really know what it was. It hurt. I went over the sideline, told the trainer, hey, my foot's hurting a little bit. You know, let's see what happens on defense. Uh, we'll check it out after the game. And luckily, I didn't have to go back out with a broken foot. But you guys wind up winning. W- wound up winning. Defense held held them. Went spoon, on a, went out on a high note. Ziggy nice. Hood. And so that's something that you and I also have in common because I broke my foot in the hula bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so neither of us got a chance to participate yeah. in the combine. Any. Mm-hmm. Pro days, Pro day. pre-draft workouts, yeah. getting surgery on the fifth metatarsal. It's Got a, a screw in my foot. It's a struggle, man. Mental, especially at that age when you're you have all that stuff going in front of you. Uh, you know, kind of your life flashing before your yeah. eyes. Yep. Your yeah, every, everything that all you the hoped voices and dreamed in your for. ear about yeah. being a first-round mm-hmm. pick and mm-hmm. uh, you know the opportunities that you have and yeah. you see you know that you're actually going to be able to extend your life in in mm-hmm. the game that you love. Yeah. And, and like, then it 
then there's a big question mark. Yeah, and like you said, I won the Mackey Award, best tight end in college football at the time, Mm -hmm. consensus All-American, all all these things that, man, you should be right up there in the top. And and then that happens. And and now, I mean, you see guys skipping skipping bowl games. And and there's been some very serious injuries in bowl games. And Mm -hmm. I... On, on one hand, don't fault him at all. I, I don't think, even going back, I don't think that I could have done that. I, I don't know. I, but like I said, I don't fault those guys now. Uh, you know what? We're, and we're going to talk a little bit later about the big topic that's out there, paying athletes. But I want to get back to the Chiefs and Colts. And mm-hmm. you uh, you and I, I've seen you at the games. You're participating in a lot of charity work and doing a lot of things in the community here. You're watching the Chiefs game. From your lens, and, and Joe and I have talked about this and other guys that have been on this show, we see the game differently. Not any better than anyone. We're not saying that we're better than the regular fans or the fans that have bought tickets since mm-hmm. it was back in Municipal Stadium, which I meet all the time. We're talking about just seeing it differently. When you watch this Chiefs team, what's the lens you watch the game in, and, and what did you see in this Colts game specifically? Oh, well, being a former tight end, I naturally just watch the tight ends, and one thing, I mean, we obviously have a great one in Travis Kelsey here, and it's been awesome to see his maturity level continue to grow mm-hmm. with with his with his ability, obvious ability. And so I kind of watch that, the technique, and uh, sometimes, you know, like, what the heck, you know, I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but now I'm, you know, I, yeah, I've I've been the hater before. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Um, but it's but that's it's, you know what that's interesting because. I was having a conversation with someone earlier and the question came up about the backups. You know, there's mm-hmm. some injuries that are going on with the Chiefs and the backups. What are you feeling as a backup? I'm like, you I felt like I was just as good as the starter. I yeah. felt like I was one play away. If they just gave me the same shot, yeah, I could fill in just like those guys. Yeah. Now, you know, when I look at it now, I'm like, man, I wasn't as good as Willie Davis and JJ Burden and Webster Slaughter <laughs> and Lake Dawson and those guys. Uh but Back then, mm-hmm. you can't think that you're worse. You can't no. think – I don't care if it's an all-pro in front of you. You cannot think that you're worse than him. You just think, I just need as many opportunities as he does. Has. Oh, yeah. I, I, I still believe that, Dana. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean, I do believe that there's there's a lot of just right time, right place. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, awesome growing up being a Kansas City Chiefs fan for me here in Kansas City. I got to play with Tony Gonzalez in Atlanta. Nice. And and he, he kind of said that exact same thing. You know, there's, there is a lot of talent out there, guys that are obviously better. Yeah. And then <clears throat> there's a lot of guys that get the right time, right place, and just make them they, – they put the work in. They know what they're doing when they get the opportunity, <clears throat> and they just continue to get those opportunities. <clears throat> and there's going to be guys, and we've talked about it in the past, there are going to be guys being that there's, a, there's kind of a – a very average guy we have at the quarterback position, you know, number 15. He's, you know, a little bit below average. I've heard of him. Yeah, uh, vaguely, right? Vaguely just, heard just, of. Just because, like you said, I've been getting a little bit more involved since yeah, I've been back. Vaguely, you vaguely <laughs> heard of a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and I joke when I say that because he's outstanding. But there are going to be guys on this team that are going to make a lot of money, extend their career because they're playing with a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. They are maybe, like you said, average guys, maybe the average NFL type of players, but they're in a dynamic offense with a great coach, a great offensive mind, and an outstanding quarterback yeah. that they're going to get opportunities, the Demarcus Robinsons, the Deion Yelders. Uh, I saw James O'Shaughnessy was used to be mm-hmm. here. He, yeah. he was a starter in Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. 
small school guys that are getting opportunities at the at this level. But when you go back to that Colts game, and I say all that because in the Colts game, it was like a mash unit. I mean, mm-hmm. we had injuries. You sustained oh, a foot yeah. injury. I've been foot injury. You you and I talked before. You had a, the broken foot. You've had your ankle scoped. You had an ankle injury that got mm-hmm. scoped while you were in the NFL, and then a knee that you got had surgery on after the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this Chiefs team currently, they're down the left tackle, down both number one and number two wide receivers, down to some extent number one and number two running backs, mm-hmm. down linebacker, um, you got and down their best D lineman in Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. And yet, going back to this Colts game, yet they had the ball with an opportunity to win. Driving the field, fourth and one, and they get shut down by Justin Houston on a great play. Um, the injuries are mounting up. But, you know, what you're saying is there's a guy waiting in the wings that feels like he's better than people want to give him credit for. There are those mm-hmm. blue-collar guys like yourself that are waiting for these opportunities and looking yeah. to capitalize on it. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's when it comes in is have you, have you been putting the work in? Yep. Are you really as good as you think you are? Mm-hmm. And now now's the opportunity to show it <laughs> right <laughs> I, I like always, you, you're gonna be found out one way or the other let's let's I, let's find out you know when the bullets are flying because yeah. that's when you're either gonna make it or or not there's a lot of guys that wore a baseball cap and had a clipboard mm-hmm. that in retrospect probably wish they wouldn't have got on the field to show that they really couldn't play they could have made a really <laughs> good living keeping that baseball cap on and that clipboard in their hands uh, but yet something happened. They got on the field, and their career was over pretty yeah, quickly yeah. after that. So, yeah, this Chiefs team I think is in good hands. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Coach Spagnolo, they got these guys ready. I think it was a wake-up call last week against the Colts and mm-hmm. let them make sure that they'll get back to work. So halftime is here. We're going to come back and, and maybe tackle some text line uh, topics. We got some people texting in some great topics and some great questions, and we're going to tackle those next. This is Players Only. Halftime over. What was your halftime routine? Did you, like, get some fruit, uh, some juice? Did you chill out? I know you weren't smoking cigarettes like Len Dawson in those pictures in the old days. What did you do after halftime? Everybody that's played with me, they always say before the game and at halftime, I'll just come in. Usually just throw a towel over my head, close my eyes, and uh, just, just take zone a out. nap. Yeah, there zone out. Start thinking about the plays, thinking about what <laughs> I got coming up. That's Chase Kaufman, former All-American, Mackey Award winner, and NFL vet for eight years, local hometown star. And we talked prior to halftime, and we're going to go to the text line, the text line, Protein House Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. And uh, the first topic I see come up is, you know, unfortunately the first one that came up is go Iowa Cyclones, Iowa State Cyclones. We're, we're just going to delete that one because there's no such thing as go and Iowa State Cyclones. I mean, nothing positive comes from a team that wears, you know, Burger King colors. But it was great that they, that they texted in, and we appreciate that from the 913 area code. But the next one that comes up and pops up is this team, I don't think anyone realizes how big of a deal it is missing Tyreek Hill uh, missing a star on a team and and you know you can attest to obviously you, you know you've been in a situation where you played with Carson Palmer Chad Ochocinco 
Mm-hmm. Uh, several stars during an era yeah. where the Cincinnati Bengals were pretty solid. I mean, they yes. were pretty strong during, during those years. What do you see with this team, and was there anything from that Colts game that lends itself to the theory that he's right, that we don't realize how much we're missing him? Uh, well, earlier we were kind of talking about that backup, right, mm-hmm. coming in, thinking that thinking that you you have an opportunity to start and that there are guys like Tyreek Hill – that are that are on another level than than most of the people. I mean, he's he's a what was he all pro? Last oh yeah, year? all pro, mm-hmm. all been, pro, kicker turner, pro receiver, pro yep. bowler. I mean, guys guys that just have have a different level mm-hmm. than everybody else. And yes, there's a guy that can step in and do a good job, right? But there's not another Tyree Kill out there. Yeah, and, and you you know we're watching in the studio. We got the TV on the Fox pregame show. One of your mentors a a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. former great chief, and Tony Gonzalez up there. Mm-hmm. And they're introducing one of the, the next generation great tight end was Rob Gronkowski. And he's yep. going in the booth, and he's going to be an analyst out there with those guys. And you playing that same position, the Patriots are 5-0, and and they're missing a star in Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. And they missed him during, those, during several years with those injuries that he sustained. Mm-hmm. And yet they continue to still – be great. Yeah. Almost mirror image of what we see with the Chiefs, where a great quarterback, multiple great weapons, loses their greatest weapon and still keeps climbing and still keeps getting better. That's kind of what I see with this Chiefs team yeah. with Tyreek Hill. Yes, you know, there's an argument of who's the better asset to this offense, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. The fact is, it's, it's very similar, and they lost a star. Now, in our case, we lost two stars with Sammy Watkins, who I think yep. is the best wide receiver we have. Um, Tyreek Hill is the best playmaker we have. Um, but just speaking to that dynamic of losing that star and how the team has to continue to keep their foot on the gas pedal, they're always going to say the right things in the media. They're always going to say the right things in press conferences. But behind the scenes, they recognize that they're lo- they've lost something, but they yeah. still there's still confidence exuded amongst yeah. everyone in that locker room. I mean, when guys went down when you were playing, if you were the second guy, you never did you ever feel like everybody's looking at me? Oh my God, they don't have any confidence in me. No, no, I, th- no. I, I, I and that's what one one of the big reasons that I stayed around for eight seasons is because I took care of my business and making plays in practice. We were just talking about. Uh, during the break, you know, a few guys that have gotten opportunities that continue to get opportunities and have showed that they can't play, um, you know, in, in practice, in preseason, in camp, uh, OTAs, those are the times when your teammates get to kind of see who you really are, right? Yep. And, if, and if they can count on you. They, they get to see you day in and day out. And if you're, if you're making plays, if you're making the tough catch, if you're holding up in the, in the run game, if you're running down on special teams, doing, doing the things that you're asked to do when, mm-hmm. you, when your number is called, then they're going to say, you know what, we can trust in this guy. You talk about the trust. Have you ever been in a situation where guys reacted negatively to a player that was on the shelf? To Maybe they thought, <laughs> yeah. maybe oh, they yeah. thought he was soft. Maybe they thought he was faking. Maybe they thought you know, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. down for the team he wasn't as tough as he needed to be um mm-hmm. you know how do guys react to players who are just all seemingly banged up a lot uh well you know we mentioned i've, I've been on six teams uh through eight seasons mm-hmm. and 
you know, some 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 great seasons, some terrible seasons where injuries happen and things just start snowballing into a bad season. And you see guys like, oh man, he's going in like you. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the NFL, man. Yeah. You're going to find out you're, you don't belong. Yeah. <laughs> Tap him on the cap and say welcome. Yeah. And, uh, go, go out there and get found out. Yeah. Get exposed. And and Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's dealing with an injury and he's battling through it. Sammy Watkins had an injury before the game, went out, tried to play, sustained another injury in a hamstring. He's battling to try to get back on the field. Um, there's going to be some questions about him because his durability has always been a question. He, to me, he's always been one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL mm-hmm. when he's healthy. Yeah. And anytime you have to add that addendum on at the end when they're healthy, you know, you don't make the club in the tub. You hear all yeah. those different sayings while we were playing, and it's unfortunate because you have such a great quarterback that makes everyone else look good, mm-hmm. but there's a question as to greatness if this team can achieve greatness without these stars on the field. Yeah. I, I, I think we have all the right pieces uh, from the top down, right? Yep. You know, we have a good GM. We have a good coaching staff. We have great players. Uh, all the things that, that make that up. And I, I still think it's a fairly young team mm-hmm. for the leaders on the team. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, kind of going to my experience, when I was in Seattle, I was in Seattle for half a season, uh, end of 2015, so you had Russell. I had Russell. I had a great defense. The Legion know, of Boom, yes. Legion of Boom. Michael Bennett. You know, we had, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Yeah, every, everybody, yeah, everybody, Wagner, everybody that yeah. they had. Offense, defense, you know, special teams, great coaching staff, Pete Carroll, all those guys. And the biggest thing that I noticed was the culture, right? Mm-hmm. The, the coaches would coach. They did their thing. And then the players, they took it upon themselves. The leaders on the team took it upon themselves. To make sure, even even when we were we were doing walkthrough practices, week thirteen on, we didn't I didn't put a helmet on until week seventeen when I played in the game. Oh, really? My, so the first so, game that I played with. So them. after Walk- week twelve, you guys kind of shut it down as far as practice and just kind of as far as banging and banging and practice, practice, right? So we did we did up tempo walkthrough practices, mm-hmm. and because we had great leaders on the team that would still mentally focus, mentally. Do what's right. Know what know what is exactly right. Mm-hmm. T- still taking the right steps, right leverage, staying low, having a base, and not screwing around when we were doing that. They we, were pros. Yeah, they were, they were being pros. a pro. They were being pros, and that's yeah. what it's about. I think uh, you know, there's misnomers out there about what's working hard. What what's the definition of working hard? At different levels, varying levels, especially at the top, working hard is different. It's yeah. me- we spend more time in meetings than we did on the field. Mm -hmm. If you can absorb information and absorb game plans, you don't have to exert yourself and and full contact drills on the field. Mm -hmm. And it will translate to playing on Sunday or Monday night. So uh, pros are pros. And Patrick Mahomes, his ankle is going to be better. He's getting the proper treatment. He's going through his routine. And everybody's going to still have the same confidence in him. And whenever Tyreek Hill's back on the field and anybody else that's banged up, we just need them to get back as yeah. quickly as possible. So, yeah, this team has been surrounded by a little bit of a mash unit, and uh, but better now, week five, than week 15. That's yeah. the way I look yeah. at it. And yes. if we can sustain something until mm-hmm. that bye week, something mm-hmm. until that even next week when we play on Thursday night and we have an extra mm-hmm. three days yeah. of rest before the next game, those are the times when it really helps a championship team. And that's where – 
the yeah. goal has to be for this yeah. Kansas City Chiefs team, right? Yeah, those things are huge. That just just being able to sustain that, being able to to hold on to the the lead that you have. Yep. Well, we got the text line. I still wanted you to talk about your state championship run at Ray Peck and and Brett Veach and uh, getting a player at the deadline. We may tackle a couple of those after the break, but we're going to talk about this Chiefs team and the Houston Texans coming to town, two home games in a row, see if we can turn the tide when the Texans come to, to Arrowhead. This is Players Only. Fourth quarter here, four fingers in the air. The fourth quarter, flip the field. Time for winning drives to get done at Arrowhead. We're doing that right here in the studio here at 610 Sports. The Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. Still some opportunities to get some texts in. We have one guy. I have to give you some local love. You're a Raytown guy, and he wants you from the 816 to talk about the state championship run in high school with Ray Peck. Yeah, so uh, kind of going back to how we talked about growing up, right? My my younger brother Carson and I got to both play together, junior his junior my senior season, and we had a great team. A, a team, again, like we had talked about earlier mm-hmm. that – you know, I didn't pick these guys to go to high school with, but we all kind of came together, worked hard, had the same goal in mind, and all had a, a little bit of athletic ability. Were you guys there. undefeated? Undefeated. Put Ooh. a running clock about on everybody. A running clock on everybody. Yeah. Got to love it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun to be around this area and, and hear the stories with you guys and uh, getting to watch you guys in high school play against Lee Summit High. I think it was right around the time my daughter was in high school mm-hmm. there as well. So, uh, we have another one from the text line, a 785 area code. Do you have any fear of another loss snowballing into losing the season with these young players? I don't. I think the leadership, you look at the resume that Andy Reid has had. He's had young quarterbacks. He's had young teams. He's had stars. And had very rarely had losing seasons. Very rarely had teams that just fell off the rails. I don't think it's possible. I think as long as you got Patrick Mahomes, if he's healthy, he's going to make everyone else better. And the chip that is needed to be on this team's shoulder will be evident in these coming weeks. And the reason why I say that is because everyone that had them highly vaulted as the greatest team uh, around has now dropped off after one week of losing a game by six points when they turned the ball over and they, were, they had the ball for 15 minutes less than the other team. Basically, a whole quarter of the game, they had the ball less and still had the time or an opportunity to drive the field and win the game. It just didn't happen. Now, the concern for me is two straight weeks, you lose in all three phases of the game. Offense, defense, special teams against the Lions, you wind up squeaking out a win. Offense, defense, special teams against the Colts, you wind up losing. The, the, the test will be told. The answers will be, uh, will be visible on how this team bounces back, not just from this loss, but from two straight weeks of subpar football. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it goes back to, you know, from, from the ground up, top down, mm-hmm. leadership, right? Leadership. That's what it's about. I, I, I mean, I'm not freaking out. I'm not, I'm not jumping off the ship. I think Andy Reid, his body of work, 20 years plus in, as a coach, has shown that mm-hmm. he's not going to allow it. It's not yeah. going to happen. And so all the Chiefs fans out here in Chiefs kingdom, relax. Take a, take a, take a page out of the book of, of uh, 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 
of what's the quarterback? Oh my gosh, I'm losing my my train of thought. The quarterback, great quarterback in Green, Green Bay, Brett Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X. Relax. There's a long season ahead of us, and we're gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. Another text off the line. Now this is a little critical. This team is soft. I love our Chiefs. I hate the Patriots, but being subjective on this, we're going to start talking about the huge elephant in the room. It's amazing how quickly teams go from great to soft after one week. The defense is not playing up to par. They're getting pushed around. Yes, but the team ain't soft. This is one of the best teams in the NFL, and they're going to show it. You know, just relax. Just relax. Now, the Chiefs have their hands full. You have Deshaun Watson coming in, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, who's elevated himself as a, as a stud yeah. player at wide receiver, J.J. Watt, uh, a very, very solid football team, one of the top teams in the, NFC, in the AFC South. Uh, what's your thoughts on this Chiefs-Texans matchup? Uh, like, like you said, I mean, they, they got some great players, but who in the NFL doesn't? That's right. right? I mean, the Chiefs have showed the last couple of years, you know, even, even before Patrick got to start, They've shown the last few years that they've they've started to create this culture with Andy Reid, mm-hmm. with the guys that are that are kind of making the becoming the leadership on the team. You know, they they've been there. They know how to bounce back. They know how to fight through injury. They know how to you know do the things to to be ready on game day. And I'm, I'm sure that they've got beaten down. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's individually during a game, you know, everybody has their ups and downs individually or as a team. And I, I do believe, like you said, that you know they're not just going to lay down. They they know what's at stake. And, and you know what? It's like a, a boxer. You get punched, thrown at you, hooks, jabs, and you get backed into a corner. And at mm-hmm. some point, you decide, I'm going to come out swinging. Yep. And there have been times where Patrick Mahomes has been the perfect bandage over bad football play up mm-hmm. front with the offensive line, maybe wide receivers dropping passes, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. Last week exposed what bad would look like. And, and I remember last year, at the end of the season, because Patrick Mahomes was having such a great season, then the questions, well, how's he going to play when it's cold? How's he going to play when it's cold on the road? How's he going to play when all these different scenarios, when, you know, when he ties yeah. his left shoe before his right shoe? I mean, all these stupid scenarios. What if? What if? What if? What if? Well, he's not going to be as good. And then you check off the list, and he's good in every aspect. Mm-hmm. My question has always been, what is bad, what will bad look like, and how will they rebound? Because we never really saw bad. Mm-mm. We never we saw glimpses. Yeah, we saw bad defense, but mm-hmm. we never saw bad, complete offense, defense, special teams. Yes. What does that look like? Now that's been checked off. We've seen bad offense, defense, special teams for three, two weeks now. Now let's see what the rebound is. Let's see when they get the chip back on their shoulder like they feel like everybody's jumped off the ship and Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy are coming together as great offensive minds, putting together a great game plan to counter uh, a, a very, very strong offensive attack in the Houston Texans. That's the question that I'm looking to be answered today. Things don't become real until they become personal. I learned that just as a man. When things become personal, that's when they become real. Yep. It's real now. And I think this is that's what's going to make this a very entertaining game uh, this Sunday, is that it's real. It's gonna, and we're going to be able to see how a team that gets knocked down yep. two straight weeks, mm-hmm. and everybody doubts them, how they bounce back up. That's, that's when the leaders come in and, and mentally check those boxes. Hey, are we doing the small things right? Let's go. Yeah. We got this.
Hey, I'm encouraged, man. I'm Nostradanin is here on the air. I'm predicting 38-34 Chiefs win this Sunday. Count it in. Nostradanin. Hashtag that. Players only is here. Chase, thanks for coming out. Chase Kaufman, BMGAdvisors.com. He's at BMG doing a great job transitioning from the game on the field to life after married. Three kids. We love having you, man. Great having another offensive guy in here. We appreciate you, brother. Players only. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This is Players Only. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.